Welcome to So-and-So, brought to you by Bernina, made to create. I'm Meg Goodman, and you're about to enjoy a casual conversation with a special member of the Soist community, a conversation about how they got started, what inspires them, what excites them, and their connection to this community. Our guest today is Dr. Karen Nyberg, a recently retired astronaut who is currently pursuing interests in textile art and design in the areas of conservation and sustainability. Karen received her undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering from the University of North Dakota and graduate degrees also in mechanical engineering from the University of Texas at Austin. She was selected as a member of the NASA Astronaut Corps in 2000 and made her first trip to space aboard the Space Shuttle Discovery in 2008 during the height of the International Space Station construction. On her second space flight in 2013, Karen launched on a Russian Soyuz spacecraft and lived and worked at ISS for 166 days. Karen lives in Houston, Texas with her husband, astronaut Doug Hurley, their dinosaur-loving son, Jack, and two sweet dogs, Leo and Luke. Hi, Karen, and welcome to So-and-So. Good morning. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. It's wonderful to have you. We have so much to talk about today, and I want to jump right in. Now, you are a mechanical engineer by training and a retired astronaut by trade. So tell us how you learned to sew and how this love of sewing grew for you. When I was growing up, my mom sewed a lot. Uh, I have five brothers and sisters, and she would sew a lot for us. I mean, everything from snowmobile suits to prom dresses. And I was pretty young when I first started showing an interest in sewing. So she taught me. You know, I don't, we can't remember exactly how old I was, but it could have been as early as, early as six. Mm-hmm. Um, I made my first like real shirt with interfacing and everything by the, before I was 10, I was probably about eight and uh, I just loved it. That's impressive for, for that, that young of an age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I still have it. And I, I look at it, I'm like, wow, how did I do that? But, um, but I just loved it. And so all the way through, you know, junior high and high school, I sewed a lot of my own clothes. I um, fooled around with, a def- you know, trying different blankets and quilts and and um, that sort of thing. And then when I got into college, I started making gifts for people. And that was, you know, for family gifts at Christmas and stuff. I would do homemade gifts, usually blankets, quilts, pillows. And, um, and then as I got a little bit older, you know, as during my time as an astronaut, I would still make gifts for people. It was a huge hobby of mine. Um, I also, when I was growing up, I was really interested in drawing and, and art. And I, I drew with charcoal and pencil all the time when I was little, I would draw pictures of my family and, and that sort of thing. And so I started mixing the two of those, um, you know, the art with the quilting and, and that's kind of where I am now is where I really, really enjoy using the fabric kind of as my palette and um, coming up with re- more realistic looking art quilts. So, so tell us more about, about mixing the art with the sewing and, and maybe what your favorite thing to do is when, when it comes to sewing. It sounds like you've kind of evolved from creating clothing to creating uh, artistic expression. That's right. That is exactly right. Um, you know, I s- kind of stopped doing the clothing when I got into undergraduate school. And of course, I just didn't have time more than anything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it usually I would start making gifts for people at Thanksgiving. So it would be ready for Christmas. So that was like my sewing time, my creating time. But I just, I really, like I said, I used to draw all the time. I would sit in front of the television with a catalog and draw the pictures of the people in there. And, and uh, my family would say, can you draw a picture of me? And, and so to, to mix those two together and learning to, to do things with color was a big challenge too, um, because I would always draw with charcoal and pencils. And so just the black and white, it's a lot different when you start adding color to it. And I did take a, a couple of classes when I was in college. I took a drawing class as an undergraduate and then a painting class at the end of my undergraduate career. And that was, that was an interesting thing, starting to put color into it. Um, but now with the fabric, um, it's been a lot of fun playing with the different hues and values and figuring out um, how to, how to mix color in with it. And then use some thread painting on top of that to add a little bit more, um, kind of blend the colors and add a little bit more texture. It's just been a lot of fun and I'm still growing. I mean, I'm still absolutely learning as I go. So it's been a, it's been a blast. And, and I do want to remind our listeners that, um, there will be photos of, uh, what Karen's talking about on the So-and-So podcast website. Uh, after you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to, to take a look at those. So you've learned skills from sewing. You're talking about what you do artistically. Did any of this help you on your journey to become an astronaut? I think it absolutely did, especially in engineering. In fact, when I chose mechanical engineering, um, I, you know, I knew at that time I wanted to be an astronaut and I decided that engineering was the path that I should take. And so when I was deciding on the discipline, I actually chose mechanical engineering because of the engineering drafting, the engineering drawing. And it, it, we, we didn't really have a lot of computer aided design yet. So it was still all by hand with those big drafting tables. And, and I just loved that idea. It was very tangible to me, the design process and everything. And so that's why I chose mechanical. But I think, you know, just learning when I was little, learning to use a pattern, learning to follow those directions, um, learning, learning how tolerances build up in sewing, just like they do when you're designing things um, in engineering and also learning patience, to be honest, because, you know, learning a machine like the sewing machine and then the times when you get stuck with the thread tangles up under the needle and all this and, and learning patience and learning how to work through those problems um, I think it really, really helped with my engineering. Kind of a, a meld of of left brain, right brain here. It absolutely is. <laughs> now, now, when you lived and worked um, on the space station in 2013, you took a small amount of sewing supplies and you sewed in your free time in space. Tell us about what you made and and what this was was like for you. Yes, I did. Um, you know, I decided since we're living on space station for almost six months, a lot of people will take things that are their hobbies. So there's something to do on their Sundays off. And so since I sewed all the time, I remember my, my allotment of what I could take my extra stuff was due on a particular day because it needed to get on one of the space vehicles to be sent to space station. And I remember making a quick run to the fabric store. I'm like, what should I get? So I picked a red, white, and blue fat quarter, one of each. And I got a magnetic needle case and some needles and a spool of thread. And I got them packed up in my, my gear that could then be sent to space station. And so then I, I didn't even really have a plan for them at the time, but I ended up um, being able to work with the international quilt festival. And they came up with this idea to do this quilt block challenge, which was fantastic. And so I, I made a nine inch 
quilt block with a star, um, which has had some challenges we can talk about in a bit, but, sure. but they put a call out then for, um, for people around the world to submit these quilt blocks of star themed. And the response was overwhelming and they ended up getting, you know, over almost like 2,400 quilt blocks. But so I made that quilt block, um, all stitched by hand, which was unusual for me. I was used to using a machine. Um, I also had a day, um, where I had, it was a Sunday. Usually I had some things to do on Sunday, but this particular day I was done with everything early and I decided I wanted to try to upcycle some things that were already on space station. So my Russian commander, Fyodor, had this fabric that lines the Russian food containers. It's kind of a olive green. There's different shades of it. And it's, it's kind of rough, almost like the, the plush side of Velcro. And so he gave me some of that. And I, I designed a, um, a dinosaur because my son, who was three at the time, loved dinosaurs. That was his thing. And so I, I designed a dinosaur and, and sewed it, you know, cut it out, sewed it together and then stuffed it with one of my old t-shirts. I cut into strips and turned it into stuffing and stuffed it with that. Um, and so now he still has that, which is pretty cool. And I also made something for my husband. I took three of my old t-shirts, a red, white, and blue one, and some of that same um, food container liner and made a Texas flag for my husband since we met in Texas, our son was born in Texas and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. so those are the three main things I made uh, when I was there. Is um, the quilt block uh, that you talked about, where is that now? It was all of the quilt blocks that were submitted were sewn into quilts, like king size quilts. And right now, it's, it, they displayed it at the International Quilt Festival and a couple other places. And right now, they're in storage at the uh, Briscoe Center for American History at the University of Texas at Austin. And um, so they're just kind of held up there and they're ready to be just, you know, they can be checked out and displayed at museums and that sort of thing. But it is sewn into one of the one of the quilts and that's where it is. Yeah, we'll be talking about the the Briscoe Center uh, a little bit later in the podcast as well. Um, Sewing in space. Is it any different than sewing here on Earth? (laughs) It is. It's the the hardest part. I actually made a video about it. Uh, you could probably go on YouTube and find it um, where I kind of explain things, you know, keeping everything together. Velcro is used all the time. You know, I had a little piece of Velcro on my spool of thread and a piece of Velcro on my magnetic needle case. And, uh, and I had to keep all my fabric in a Ziploc so that it could all be contained in one spot. The hardest part, though, was cutting out the fabric because you can't lay it down. And so it's like holding up. I mean, just take a piece of fabric right now and hold it up and take a pair of scissors and try Mm -hmm. to cut something out. Um, And that's what it's like. And also, I did not have a good pair of scissors. So everybody will um, probably understand this. I only had (laughs) the scissors that were available on ISS and they were not fabric scissors. And so the two of those things combined just made that part of it really hard. But the actual, the hand sewing and and that sort of thing, you know, the biggest problem was I just didn't have the supplies I needed. I was using some of my extra needles to pin the pieces together as I sewed them. And, um, and so, so that was kind of the hardest, the hardest part, but, but cutting it out, oh my goodness, that was not, not fun. 
we'll uh, we'll remind people to look for that YouTube video of you sewing. Now, um, Karen, you talk about the photos you took of Earth from space, looking out the cupola of the space station, and um, how they recently have been inspiring a new level of creativity in you. And I want to um, share what what you have said about this. And I and I quote you here: "Seeing the Earth from space forever changed how I look at the Earth." And think about how we live on the planet. So tell us more about this inspiration. Um, and there are very few who have had the firsthand opportunity to see and experience what you are able to see and experience while in space. Yes, uh, seeing the earth from that vantage point certainly has a profound impact. And I think um, most astronauts that you talk to will say the same thing. There's there's a number of ways in which it's impactful. One, you definitely get this sense. The space station orbits about 230 miles above the surface of the Earth, so it's really not that far, but it's far enough away to see it as a whole, um, to see that there are no borders on the countries. There are everything is interconnected, and you can see that even in the cloud patterns as you watch them. That um, what what's important in this in one continent can affect another continent and and it just really really has an impact on how how you see the creatures that inhabit the earth and the fragility of the earth and and that earth is really our spaceship and if you know if we're out in space on a spaceship our primary um focus is to maintain the health of the spaceship because that's how we survive and so so i think you know just seeing it from that vantage point was was so profound and impactful um, for me and for for astronauts that see it. And it's so beautiful. I mean, it is, it's definitely the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's the colors are so vibrant and so so and and against the blackness of space. Um it's just it's quite an amazing sight. And mm-hmm. and all of the beautiful pictures even that that we see and that we've taken it's not quite the same as when you see it with the naked eye. And I, you know, I, I liken it to when I've gone backpacking and, and you, you know, you're, you're in the mountains and you see a sunset and you take this picture and you're like, Oh my goodness, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then you take the pictures and you get the pictures and look at them and, and it's never quite as beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with seeing earth. It's, you know, the pictures are amazing, but to see it and, and experience it is something else. And so, you know, now I'm just kind of, I think it's important for us, the few that have had the opportunity to see that, to share it as much as possible in whatever ways we can. And one way that I think that I can is through art. What do you feel has been something you've created so far that has come closest to you being able to convey what you saw in space? I don't know if anything has to be honest. I've been starting to do some pieces of pictures I took. And trying to to either exaggerate the colors or bring out the colors um, and add a little bit of depth. I've been using a little bit of cotton. In fact, I just use cotton batting and and to make the clouds on top and try to add the depth of the clouds a little bit. And I don't know that I've done that yet. You know, if, I don't know if I've gotten to the point yet where I've really been able to show exactly or get the feeling um, exactly the same that you do when you actually see it. Now, um, you talked about these photos, and you are using those to design a signature line of fabrics for Robert Kaufman Fabrics right now. 
Tell us about this project and the process you go through to do this. Oh, yes, this is really exciting. Um, I'm working with Robert Kaufman Fabrics and a couple of their awesome designers. And so I I selected a number of photos, my favorites um, that I took and shared them with the designers. And we've been it's kind of been an iterative process where they kind of, you know, have selected the ones they think will provide good texture and varying balance and that sort of thing. And then we talk about what colors are best to use and the size of the pattern and and we're in the, you know, in the process of picking out which ones, um, which ones we really want to use. And um, I, it's so exciting. I, I can't wait to see um, how they all turn out and what people end up making with them. We'll, we'll make sure to, to follow you on social media and, uh, and check this out in the future. Um, you also have a new online store. Tell us about that. Yes, I'm excited to be able to start offering up some of my artwork for sale. And, you know, we're going to start small with just a couple pieces and a couple photographs I took that match. Um, And one of the things I'm most excited about is we're going to be selling or we are selling mirrored images of of the picture I took and then the artwork that I made from it. And um, I hope people like it. I I think that's it's a it's really unique and, and very neat. Um, so yeah, that the store is available at my website and, um, there should be a link for that there and then people can go check it out and I hope everybody likes it. How can people find your website? What's, uh, what's the URL for that? KarenNyberg.com. Perfect. As if you don't have enough going on already, um, you are currently working with Orophil to design a light of uh, curated threads that will be released uh, this summer, and you designed a Dinos in Space collection for STEM-themed clothing brand Svaha USA, and this was based on a personal memory from your 180 days living in space and your desire to stay connected with your son, Jack. This is kind of a, a three-part question. So, so tell us about this line of threads. Share with us the personal memory and then how this collection has helped you stay connected to Jack. Yes, the thread. I'm doing a, a thread collection for Orophil, and it's called Earth Views. And I selected, it's, it's, going, it's a 10 small spool um, container, and I selected the colors. Um, it was hard to select because there are so many colors in Earth, but this collection, I wanted to be kind of the colors that made me think of different parts of Earth. There's a couple that are very desert oriented. There's a couple that's kind of farmland oriented. And um, and then, of course, the blue of the water and the clouds and the different shades of blue. And these, yeah, so I, I just looked at a bunch of pictures that I had taken and, and tried to pick a, a selection of colors that really just reminded me of views I saw. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty exciting too, because I, you know, and it should, it should meld very well with the Kaufman fabric collection, I think, um, and kind of is on the same theme of my earth views. And you were talking about what you have um, created based on a special personal memory and staying connected to Jack. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I, I worked with uh, Svaha USA. It's a STEM-inspired clothing company. The owner actually started the company because she had a daughter who wanted to be an astronaut and had a really, really hard time finding clothing in the girls' section that her, you know, that was space-related or STEM-related at all. And so she started this company, and they 
They sell primarily women and girls dresses, but they have other things as well, t-shirts and and leggings and things like that. And so I did a design for for them. And when I was in space and I made that dinosaur for my son, um, that was that was the big inspiration for for my design. And since he, you know, was in love with dinosaurs then and he's 11 now and he still is in love with dinosaurs and wants to be a paleontologist, he helped me actually. He picked his four favorite dinosaurs and helped me with how they're supposed to look. Um, so when I drew the design, it would be not as cartoony, but a little bit more realistic. And um, and so it's it's four dinosaurs looking out the cupola of a space vehicle. Um, it's designed after the cupola space station, but we can pretend it's any space vehicle we want. And they're looking at the Earth. And I think there are a number of things it could mean. You know, it's it could mean uh, kind of, you know, combining the past and the future and, you know, what if those dinosaurs had escaped Earth on a space vehicle before the asteroid hit? Sure. Um, and now they're coming back. Um, but it was it was largely based on my son's love of dinosaurs. And then also um, just to kind of close the gap on on what girls are supposed to like. And, and um, you know, for the girls that love dinosaurs and love space, you know, this this will be a dress for you. You know, um, you, you talked before about um, Earth is our spaceship. And taking care of that, and um, you know the the dinosaurs in space. Um, maybe there's a book in the future of this. There might be. Yeah, we've had we've talked about that some. Um, yeah, I think there would be a lot to write about. Karen, you have a, an Earth Views tour and maker events coming to museums this fall, which we're certainly going to keep our eyes open for. Additionally, you mentioned a recent wonderful moment uh, when you went to the Briscoe Center. You mentioned that earlier, and you were there in January of this year to see uh, the full collection. Would you share your story about this wonderful moment? Yes, I had a chance to see the quilts that were constructed from these star blocks in 2014, they were displayed at the International Quilt Festival in Houston. And so I had a chance to just peripherally look at them then. But this was an opportunity to go get them out one by one and lay them out on a table and really take a close look. And it, I was actually more moved by it than I, I mean, I guess I don't know exactly what I anticipated, but but I was I was quite moved by it because as you, if you look close and you start looking at each individual block, and and you read the name of who who sewed it together and where they're from. We got blocks from all over the world, and you might have a quilt that has you know somebody from Moscow next to somebody from San Antonio next to somebody from a city in Israel. Um, and you know the whole goal of this project was to bring people together like that in a common with common interests and. And I think that's what this did. It's like there's there's people all over the world interested in quilting and sewing. And so so this really brought it together. Another thing that I really enjoyed doing was they have collected or kept all of the correspondence that people sent in with their quilt block. And so I I actually took pictures of every one of those. So I have them all so I can go back and read all of them at some point. But just to read, I read a few when I was there at the Briscoe Center and just to see what people's inspiration was and why they decided to submit a quilt block. And, and, you know, some people who had not been interested in quilting before, but they were interested in space. So they decided to do one 
or people that were interested in in quilting but not in space are now interested in space. Um, so it was just so neat to see, and and every block was just artistic in its own way and special in its own way. You know, it it sounds like these quilts almost represent in in the juxtaposition of of the different quilt blocks uh, from people all over the world. Um, you mentioned there were no borders between countries when when you were in space and. It's almost like those borders disappeared on the quilts too. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The whole feeling of the project, you know, is exactly what we had hoped it would be. And that is something that people can look into uh, by visiting the Briscoe Center or uh, finding out more about it online. Karen, you've accomplished so very much already in your lifetime. Um, what's next for you and, and what are your dreams? Well, I want to continue creating as much as possible and, and using, you know, continue using all my experiences that I've had throughout my life, which have been incredible and unusual and use those experiences in, and share, um, with people through art, um, and also bring attention to, like I had talked about before the earth and, and really how we really need to do a better job of taking care of it as, as it is our spaceship and it, and, and also we need to do a better job of caring for each other because we are crewmates on this spaceship. And as a crew, one of the things we, we always watch out for each other. Um, so just bringing attention to, to all of that and continuing to create, doing more, you know, like I said before, I, I'm still learning. And so I want to continue learning and expanding what I, what I do with my, with my textile art. Um, and then also raise my son. Um, you know, one of the reasons I decided to retire as an astronaut, I'd been an astronaut for 20 years. Um, I flew to space for six months when he was three, um, traveled a lot to train and all of that. And so, um, to be able to be home now and do the work that I do mostly from home, um, has been valuable to be here when he gets on the bus and be here when he gets off the bus mm -hmm. and be able to take him to his swim practice and his other activities and, um, it's that part of it. I, you know, that's important to me. That's one of the most important things I think is to raise a, you know, productive citizen sure. and, um, and foster his interests as much as I can. Does he show the same interest, um, that you have in, in art and sewing? I know he loves dinosaurs, but does he share the affinity for some of these other things? He has not particularly, he is pretty artistic, um, when he does, when he sets his mind to it and actually, um, actually does, does things. He's, he's extremely interested in, um, in, uh, like I said, paleontology and animals and history, social studies. Um, during the pandemic, he, he wanted to start a YouTube channel. So I helped him set that up where he talks about dinosaurs and animals and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, whether or not he finds an interest in art, he has not shown an interest in sewing. I've mentioned to him that I could teach mm -hmm. him, but he doesn't, <laughs> he hasn't shown an interest in that yet. Many, many people come to it later. So <laughs> yes, you never know. <laughs> Plenty of time. Karen, we've talked about so many things today, but I, I'd like to ask a final question. Is there a question I didn't ask you that you wish I had? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, if if you hadn't asked about seeing Earth from space, I would definitely want to talk about that. But you did, and we did get a chance to talk about it. 
Um, yeah, I think, I think um, going forward and spreading the word about, about our earth is just to me, one of the more important things, um, you know, the sustainability of, of life here on earth and how we can contribute just by small amounts, I think is really important. Karen, thank you for your time today. This has been a wonderful conversation, and it's been pretty special to have you share your story with us. If any of our listeners would like to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do so? I think the best way would be to go to my website, KarenNyberg.com. There is a contact section there, and, um, and and you should be able to get in touch with me that way. And also, I'm on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. Um, so that all should work for you. Terrific. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so nice to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it. Another story about someone just like you, someone for whom sewing is so much more than a hobby. It's a way of life and it's a connection to something bigger. If you know someone you think has an outstanding story, a story that should be shared on this podcast, please drop me a note to Goodman at theflintrock.com and put You Should Hear Their Story in the subject line. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and visit our website, soandsopodcast.com, for more information about today's and all of our guests. That's S-E-W-A-N-D-S-O podcast.com. And finally, I want to thank Bernina for making this program possible. I'm Meg Goodman, and I look forward to you joining us next time on So and So. So.